Mystery Theater presents The Cable Car Incident, the story of a humble man and his battle with fear, by Frederick Spurley, starring Warren Wilson as Alfred and John Sullivan as Pat. Uh. Mystery Theater presents The Cable Car Incident, the story of a humble man and his battle with fear, by Frederick Spurley, starring Warren Wilson as Alfred and John Sullivan as Pat. Uh, I'm a meek man. I'm a humble man, and I admit a coward. Uh, That actually, uh, being a coward, I mean, is a a point in my favor. And tomorrow I... Uh, I guess I'd better make sense. You see, when it became clear yesterday that I hadn't much of a chance in court... A profound feeling of fearlessness came over me. Oh, don't misunderstand. My fearlessness was not roaring like a bloodthirsty lion. By all means, no. Rather, my fear had wept itself to sleep. So I went to the gentleman who was in charge of this radio studio I'm in, and I said, Sir, my name is Alfred Breen. And the gentleman said to me, Are you the Alfred Breen? By the tone of his voice, I could tell that he, too, was taken in by the nasty stories the newspapers printed about me. So I said, Sir, I would like to talk to as many people as possible. I'd like to tell the truth about the whole affair. You know, the way it really happened. The gentleman says to me, You have the trial to do that. I says, Well, that ain't the same. You see, them, them lawyers put words in my mouth. But I'd like to tell what really happened. Now the gentleman smiled and he says, my good man, before we can consider your offer, you have to give us some idea of the subject you're going to broadcast and how you're going to handle it. Well, that makes sense, and I admitted it to him, but I says to him, but sir, on the other hand, I says, why don't you give a guy like me a chance to talk? I mean, I'm not an educated man, but I'm no dirt either, I says. Well, the gentleman said that he could see my point. Well, he says, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you a studio and a microphone and hire a couple of actors for you, and you try your best with it. Well, here we are, then. And, and we're going to play act the whole thing out for you so, so you'll understand my story. Uh, now, the, uh, the tall one here is going to impersonate Pat. His name is John Sullivan. And the, the old man there owns the cable car station. He's the real one. He had to come down for the trial as a witness. Cyril, he's called. His wife isn't here, though. She had to mind the business back home. So the, uh, the gentleman hired a Miss Beth Lockerbie. Oh, oh, yes, the police never found the student. So a young kid by the name of... Uh, uh, what's your name again? Tony Brown. Yeah, he got the job to act his part. Pat and me were tired that hot summer day since we'd been hunting all day in the Rockies when we saw the station. Look, that's a cable car there. I don't trust those contraptions. I trust anything that'll save us five hours walking. Yeah, but that thing looks run down and rotten. It's a suicide trap if you ask me. Don't you worry. These cars are government inspectors. What inspector would come up here? Look at that shack. It's just held together by the cobwebs. We're riding the car, not the shack. Let's go inside if anybody's around. 
Hello? Anybody here? There's nobody around, and am I glad. Hey, look at that motor. Boy, two years older than God. Fish, the dirt. I wonder if it'll even work. Why are you fooling with that motor? That's private property, you government snoopers. Uh, we're not from the government, lady. We're just looking for a ride. Not me. Oh, oh, that's different. Well, I guess you'll have to wait for a spell until Cyril gets back with the gas for the weekend trade. He's due any minute now. But can't you work the machine? I'd like to get out of my way. Oh, I can work her all right, but there's a trick to stopping her. The Cyril's real handy at it. I might run her into the other station up there, and then and he wouldn't stand for me busting the car. What did I tell you? It's unsafe. You heard her say it needs all kinds of tricks to operate it? You're darn right it needs all kinds of tricks, but Cyril's got it all figured out. Oh, hey. Well, that's him now. I... Hey, Cyril! Cyril, customers! On a Thursday? Customers on a Thursday, huh? Howdy. Hi. Looking for a ride? Right. Uh, I'll have to charge you two bits more than ordinary fare because it don't pay to run her for just two folks. You take it from the living and not from the dead, eh? Well, as far as I'm concerned, you can walk. I ain't run the cable car from hell. I'm not arguing. I'm just making money when she doesn't run because that's the only time I don't lose anything. <laughs> well, we just keep it up as a public service, don't we, Sarah? That's a fact. I want a dollar apiece, and that's still mighty cheap riding, take it or leave it. Well, is it safe? What do you mean, is it safe? Of course it's safe. No offense. That motor doesn't look like a new model to me. Let me tell you something about motors, and that one in particular. Listen good now, because you might learn a useful trick or two. Oh, Cyril's a regular wizard when it comes to motors. This here motor has run for 20 years without any trouble because it's pre-war quality, because these parts are made by hand and fitted by hand. It's none of them modern assembly line junk. You mean to tell me that in 20 years you never overhauled that motor? Why should we, lad? Why should we? What's the sense of taking apart what runs perfect? Oh, we paint her every spring, though. Yeah, and that costs us 80 cents a gallon. All right. Here's my dollar. Thanks. Alfred, come on, give him the dollar. I ain't gonna ride. You ain't, eh? Okay, all right. I'm tired. Nice buddy you are. I'm not buddy enough to walk five hours just because you're chicken. I ain't chicken. I'm just using my brain, and my brain tells me a machine is bound to break down if you don't give it proper attention. Oh, for Pete's sake, Alfie. Well, boys, you going or not? What's it to be? Well, have you got any safety devices? Safety? <laughs> give him a parachute. Parachute, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Did you hear that, Missy? <laughs> give him a parachute, he said. <laughs> Come on into the car, I'll take you. You don't get in before I got your dollar. Uh, oh, all right. Here it is, then. <laughs> Thanks. Now, come on in. I see this box here. When you press the button, you can talk to me. And when you release it, I can talk to you. Well, that helps a lot to talk to you. But what if the cable's... Shut up, pal. Don't get out on the other side before you hear me say so. Enjoy your ride. Worth it. Take your place, missus. Okay. Ready? I'll let her go. Hey, wait. Wait a minute. Wait for me. Another customer, eh? Well, they'll have to wait till she's over to the other side. Can't haul her back now. Watch your go, lad. 
Mr. Stop. You never did that before. You got her in gear, Mrs. Sure, sure I have. What's the matter, sir? What, what, what's wrong? I don't know. And to think I wanted to get on. Oh, my guardian angel must have been watching over me. There's nothing wrong with that machine, mister. She's run like a clock for 20 years. Yeah, but right now she's in the middle of a run, stuck a thousand feet in the air. I don't know why. First time she's done a thing like that to me. Hey, why are we stopping? What's the matter? Come on, old boy, let's get going. Don't you fret. We'll have her running in a jiffy. Who's out there? Oh, couple of city slickers who bargained the fare down. It's gonna cost you two dollars, though, since you're alone. Well, don't you think you should get it going first? Yeah, you, you got something there. Oh, I know what it is. Must be the splint, I'll bet you. I'll just get under the car. <laughs> can I help you, Cyril? Time to feed the goats. Go and look after them. Not much you can do here. Oh, all right. Just holler if you need me. Yeah, yeah. What'd I tell you? It's a splint, all right. Do you have another? Well, I'll have to get it from Bill down the valley. I'll have it run in a couple of hours. <laughs> What's so funny? Well, I was just thinking about those two men out there. They'll be kind of seasick bobbing around in the wind. Yeah. <laughs> Guess they'll want their money back. But no deal. Says on the board, no refund. Well, I would assume they'd be glad to get out of the car and forget about the money. Yeah, I don't know. Look, uh, why don't you talk to them out there to calm them down while I'm gone? One was as scared as a rabbit. Just press that button here, see, and then they can hear you. I won't be long. Hello. Hello, you out there. Can you hear me? Yeah. What the hell is going on? Now, you tell the old codger to get going. We can't sit here all day. Are you scared? What is it? Anything the matter with the machine? Listen, I have bad news for you. I hope you can take it. Bad news? What do you mean? Oh, my God, I told you something was going to happen. Oh, shut up and let me talk to you. What are you talking about? Who are you? Never mind who I am. Listen carefully. The cable can't support the weight. The cable can't support the weight? Now, what are we supposed to do? Are you two friends? Friends? Why? One of you has to make a supreme sacrifice for the other. What nonsense are you talking? There's a chance, mind you, just a slight chance, that the cable will hold if one of you jumps. Unless... Unless what? Unless you want to climb down along the cable. Oh, that's impossible. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? The holler into the box. The intercom blanked out. Oh, where's Cyril? Oh, he went to get a splint or something down in the valley. Oh, he'll be gone for a long time. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Oh, I scared those two out there. Oh, boy, did I scare them. What did you tell them? <laughs> well, I told them one has to jump. I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with you kids. Now what are we going to do? Oh, if only Cyril was here. We could... Okay. What's the matter? Something happened? Oh, the intercom conked out, and then this young fool scared the wits out of those two guys up in the car. No, it was just a joke. How'd you tell them? I said one of them had to jump out. Oh, fine. Then, And if they believed you, what then, smart Alex? Oh, listen, those fellas out there have had dreams of big adventures from their boyhood days, of sacrifice for their honor. Yeah, but what happened to them? 
They led lives of mice, insignificant mice. Why, do you know them? Don't interrupt the flow of my inspiration. You darn fool. There's no telling what'll happen to them now. I don't take it so seriously. They won't believe me. Well, there's no telling what a scared man will do. Do you know what fear does to a man? Do you know what fear is? Listen, this will be the big adventure of their lives. Something to brag about to their grandchildren. Oh, and the intercom out of order. Go ahead and yell to them. you got a good voice. Go ahead and holler, lad. Oh. Maybe they'll hear you, but I doubt it. If you get me a screwdriver, Ellen. I'll try to fix the intercom. Oh, all right, all right. You will go ahead and holler, lad. You can stop them from jumping. Oh. Hello. 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 Now, keep your shirt on. It's a joke, I'm sure. Why would anyone make a joke like that? It wasn't the old man talking to us. I say it's no joke. I say it is. We're still here, aren't we? The cable didn't break, did it? We didn't fall yet. A cable like this doesn't break like a string. It breaks strand by strand. It could take an hour or more. Okay, then. So jump, for God's sake. No, no. You're jumping. I was the one who didn't want to come, remember? If you just listened to me, we wouldn't be in this fix. Well, now we're both in it, and that's that. Now, let's wait and see. Maybe the car will get going. Listen, this car ain't going anywhere but down. So jump! You funny little squirt. What do you mean by ordering me? I'm not ordering you. Let's talk it over. Listen, pal. I'm listening. Let's figure out who's going to jump. Okay, toss a coin. Heads or tails? No, no. It's much too serious a decision to flip for. What then? See who has more way to live. You want to blame me again for being here? And no dice, mister. No, no, no. We'll do as I said. How can you say who is more valuable, who has more right to live, as you put it? I can see which one of us has more responsibilities. Because a man is over his ears in debt doesn't make him more valuable. I ain't in debt. I have a big family. So? What do you mean, so? I mean, that means nothing. That means everything. If you have a hundred kids, that doesn't make you any better than any other man. But the kids need a father. That makes me important and responsible. And I tell you that the number of kids he has doesn't make a man more valuable. Well, how, how do you rate a man, then? Well, I'd say how he, uh, how he does in his trade. Every man in a job can be replaced. The craft is just part of it. But I'm working on an invention. Yeah? What, what kind of an invention? A new vacuum cleaner that will polish floors, too. It's nothing. It's just a new gadget. It'll make millions. So it'll make millions. It doesn't make you important. Someone else will invent that, but, but... But a father can't be replaced. Now, you're always harping on your father, Biff. Okay, now, let's see just what kind of a father you are. I work hard. My, my kids are never hungry. My, my wife is happy. I... Now, that's just a lot of talk. Now, listen. Let me tell you how a man can be rated. A man is rated by what he means to society and what society means to him. Take a man like me, who's going to invent a vacuum cleaner that polishes Factories are going to be built. People will find work. Taxes are paid, which help the country. That is the real value of a man. No, society begins and ends with a family, I say. How many in your family? Eight. Counting my wife and the kids and me. Well, there you are. If you die, there'll be a widow and six orphans. The state will take care of them, and three years from now, they won't even remember you. Now, look at me. If I keep on living, maybe 500 people or more will find work. 
People have more money in their pockets. Now, that's the value of a man. But, but if you'd invented some medicine or, or something like that, let's say something for cancer, then I'd go along with you, but a gadget, no. Well, Alfie, I don't like the way you take our discussion. Nobody's going to jump. We'll be safe and sound, both of us, or we'll both fall. Ha. So you do believe we're in danger? I don't believe that any one of us has to jump. You're just scared of death. I ain't scared of death. Well, maybe not a death, but of dying. If you're such a hero, why don't you jump then? Because I value life. Yours and mine alike. Yours a bit more. Of course. Now listen to me, chicken. The cable car weighs around a ton. Do you think my 240 pounds makes much difference? Or your lousy 150? But we gotta do something. I, I don't want to die. Well... You said yourself you believe what the man said. Oh. Well, you can at least listen. Talk, then. Let's, let's do it all over again. I, I mean, Central Ocean John. No, no, no. Don't interrupt me. We'll, we'll wait, but we both will know when the time's come. Uh, you've been thinking the time has come ever since the car stopped. No, no. Let's fix a point on, on that rock over there. You know, we'll just sit in an exact position and aim the windowsill against that point. You can tell if the cable slackens or not. The car is swaying. That doesn't matter. The swing's regular. No, it don't. That's... It's not! This time, this time we're going to be serious about who jumps. Well, I suppose we'll have to decide again on a standard by which we're going to measure a man's worth, and on that we'd never agree. Oh, yes, yes. I thought of something which should be agreeable to both of us. Yeah? What? what? What man does the most with his life, considering all the difficulties and handicaps? I don't like it. Why not? Because only good is good. No matter how hard a guy tries, if what he does is not good, it, it's not good. Maybe, but my idea is a standard, ain't it? I guess so. Hey, I I don't think the car is uh, sagging anymore. To me, it's if they've gone down a quarter of an inch. I'm not too sure that it really went down. Well, I think so. Afraid to lose our contest. <laughs> shoot, shoot. Make your case. Look, I'm not a roaring success because, because I'm a meek man. I'm a humble man. I'm not very brave. So it ain't easy for me to live with myself. In the world we live in, the phonies and ruffians seem to get the upper hand. You go on like that and our contest will be won by the one who can find the best excuse for himself. I'm not making excuses. I'm stating facts. Facts I have to live with. I was condemned to a life of misery, to be pushed around by people who are stronger than me. Oh, boy. Oh, I ain't dude. crying. I don't feel sorry for myself no more. Well, I says I am as I am because I'm sensitive. Now, remember when I told you that I'm not afraid of death? Look, that ain't no lie. I can prove it. But I was... Oh, it was quite some time ago in, in a strange town, see? was a rest stop for the bus. I was traveling from Montreal to Vancouver, and I couldn't sleep. It was kind of hot and a full moon. I don't sleep right when there's a full moon. So I went for a walk, see? And then I saw a hearse pulled by a horse. I sort of followed it without thinking. It stopped in front of an old stone house. Well, the driver goes in, and then he comes out, carrying a plain coffin with another man helping him, and what struck me was a meager wreath on top of that shabby coffin. Not more than 
10 or 12 inches in diameter. <laughs> What's that got to do with not being afraid of death? Well... shake me. There, there was something about it. How should I say? Like like a stop in a garbage route. Well, up to now, you haven't made a good case for staying alive. Yeah. I, I sort of lost the thread. Look, you know, I, I had a trade. Yeah, I know. We were both laid off together when the diesels came in. Oh, look at me. I'm a foreman in a machine shop now, and you're just a laborer with some lousy outfit. See now who is a uh, better man. I just don't have your self-confidence. Because deep down, you know you have nothing to be confident about. Have you? As sure as the sun rises in the morning. You know, when I have to look for work, I have to talk to all those strange people I don't know, I'm ashamed. It's as if I'd had a bad conscience. It's because you can't take any pride in yourself. But you worked with me. You know I was as good in my trade as the best of them. I'm not lazy. I'm willing to work and... I can work, you know that. Look, buddy, a man isn't a machine. A man has to be a bit popular. I know you know yourself what it needs. Is it my fault if I'm shy? You have to adapt yourself. That's part of being good and valuable. I raised my family honestly. Oh, don't start that. Look, it slumped. Did you feel it? Did you hear it creak? We aren't going to survive. Jump! Look, 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 Alf. I've had about enough of you. You wanted to prove to me that you have more right to live than I have. It isn't true. It's just that my family needs me. Scared, scared. That's what you are, a yellow rat. I'll tell you now by what standard a man can be measured. The one that is the fittest to survive any given situation. Now, don't be scared. I won't do it, but if I wanted to, I could knock you out and throw you out of that window like a bundle of rags. It isn't true. It isn't true. You want me to try? It isn't true that just the bullies have a right to live. Oh, don't press your luck, Buster. I had some sort of liking for you once, but today I sure changed my mind. Just wanted me to worship you. No, nuts. I'm not nuts. It's you with your smart alecness that got us into this mess. I told you it wasn't safe. You think you can lick everybody and everything. Well, now you just try and lick this one. I didn't drag you aboard. Why did you follow me? As a matter of fact, if you hadn't come, the car wouldn't be overloaded. See? You admit I was right all the time. Oh, nuts. Oh, you always wanted to be the leader. You were always a big shot. Well, now they've up to it and show me, poor coward, how... A strong man like you dies bravely, shaming a failure like me. Shut up! You're so scared you're crazy. I don't know why they don't have a back window on these cabs. Front one. Here, let me open it and see if I can look back to the shack. I can't see nothing. Hey, give me a hand so I can lean out further. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy standing there making signs. What kind of signs? He points down and then he waves his arms. It means we should jump. No, no, it means we have no time to lose. Look, why don't you holler? Hello? Hello? Hey! Hey! I just saw Bill's boy coming from the valley. He'll be here at Splint in five minutes. Look up there. One of the fellows is crawling out of the car. Well, I hope for your sake he doesn't jump. Yeah. Oh, no. No, look. The other guy just pushed him out. Hey, I'm getting out of here. 
push him. I swear. He just slipped. Oh, maybe I was a trifle clumsy trying to help him to see the shack, but well, the car swung like a ship and my foothold wasn't too steady. I couldn't grab him in time. Oh, you were there? Did you see me push him? I didn't see anything. Where was your wife? In the shack. There was just that young punk who claims to have seen me pushing Pat, but I ask you, why did he run away then? I'll tell you why. He knew it was his fault, and he wanted to leave me holding the bag. Isn't that it? I don't know. I didn't see it. Gentlemen who's in charge of the radio studio sits with another man and a policeman behind a soundproof picture window. And the sound man behind a machine which has a record player on it and tapes where he can make every noise you can think of. Well, you heard yourself how he made the mountains and the cable car. I... I try to talk to the microphone as, as if it were a human being. You, for example. A good friend who patiently listens like you who sit before your radios on so many evenings and the radio loses its shape and becomes a human face. I try to build an invisible bridge from my loneliness to your loneliness. And in the middle of that bridge, we meet. That, that gives me strength for tomorrow when my case comes up in court and I have to be strong and self-confident so the jury will believe me. If... If I go to prison, who would look after my family? Cable Car Incident by Frederick Spurley, with Warren Wilson as Alfred, John Sullivan as Pat, and Anthony Brown as the student. Jack Creeley and Beth Lockerbie were heard as the old caretaker and his wife. Sound effects by John Sliz. Technical operation, John Skillen. This was a Mystery Theater presentation from Toronto.